Welcome on to the Backstretch. I'm News 5's Heather Williams, and Kyle Larson certainly announced his place in the NASCAR playoffs with authority, taking the win at Darlington and punching his ticket to round two already. Larson has been interesting to me because clearly he's one of the most talented guys in the garage area this season. But the five team really hasn't been as consistent as they were the year they won the championship. They were downright dominant. Kyle at times has been dominant, but they've also at times been, you know, searching a little bit. And I don't know if that's the next gen car, if it's just how much parity there is now in the sport. But definitely, definitely big to get this win right out of the gate and lock yourself in. So you don't have to worry about things going to Kansas and then to Bristol. Uh, it was an interesting week for Toyota. Uh, not only did they lock in Denny Hamlin and then, as a result, 2311 Racing into a contract to stay with Toyota, but also they signed probably one of the worst-kept secrets in the garage area, John Hunter Nemechek, to drive the 42. Remember, Legacy Motor uh, Club is switching to Toyota's next season. So Eric Jones and now John Hunter Nemechek will be joining the Toyota camp, which is big for Toyota because Toyota's biggest problem in the sport has never been the way their cars run. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing has always been one of the top teams in the garage area. It's just numbers, right? They are There are so many more Fords and Chevys, especially at a place or at places like Daytona, Talladega, Atlanta, they just don't have the numbers to team up and really compete without involving some Chevys or Fords, which at the end of the race, who wants to help a competing manufacturer? So keeping 2311 and now adding Legacy Motor Club, uh, that's big for Toyota and that's going to be really good for them moving forward. I feel like uh, It'll help them as if they needed help. I mean, they're already, you know, week in and week out, one of the strongest manufacturers, if not the strongest right now, this season in the garage area. All right. Coming up today on the podcast, Chris is going to join us. We're going to talk about those things that I just mentioned. And then also Dale Jarrett from NASCAR on NBC will stop by uh, and talk about the playoffs, the matchups, who to watch. Love talking to DJ. He's he's just so knowledgeable in this sport. Obviously, Hall of Famer, former champion, broadcaster, and uh, he's very good at his job, and so I enjoy talking to him. So, I'll stop babbling. Let's go. So, let's talk about Darlington. Obviously, yeah. tough racetrack, uh, tough race. Kyle Larson announces himself with authority to start the playoffs. Uh, you know... People were down with them going into the playoffs, but Kyle Larson looks like he's still a contender for the for the championship. Uh-huh. He, do you think? Do you oh, think he is one of I the think uh, you know Kyle Larson is just that guy that that uh, he is so calm, cool, and collected, and everything is so easy for him. It makes you know it makes all the rest of us jealous. I'm sure it makes drivers jealous that that uh, he makes really hard difficult things look so easy and so simple and that's what it kind of what he did 
Sunday evening, Sunday night at Darlington. He, uh, you know, everybody sliding up there and hitting the wall and, and knocking themselves out of contention, bending toe links and cutting tires down and so on and so forth. And he just, when it comes really time to go, he just is there. Let's give his pit crew credit because they helped get him out there, out front with a really good pit stop at the, at the most opportune time. And then he just kind of holds off everybody and we're waiting for him to hit the wall and, and make a mistake and, and finish second or third or fourth and he just didn't. And after the race, he looked like no big deal. You know, and that's, that's Kyle Larson. And I think when it, when, the, when it comes time for crunch time and for somebody to step up and do something that we don't think is quite possible, it's, it's, it's going to be Kyle Larson. So I, I, think you better, I think you better just go ahead and count on him being in the top four at, when we go to Phoenix. He's going to be one of the final ones. I think he's just that good. And uh, their, team, their team seemed pretty strong Sunday night. So I'm going to look and see who the last four out are right now. I think it's Bubba's one point back. And I think Stenhouse and... McDowell is back. I'm trying to think of who the fourth person is. Is it Harvick? Huh? Is it Harvick? I think Harvick's in right now. I think that's who Bubba's one point back though. Or maybe it's Bell that he's one point back though. I can't remember. He's fourth, so I don't think he's. I should have looked this up before I came out here. I remember looking at the end of the race, but I'm not sure what they had up there was 100% correct. McDowell had a terrible night. Yeah, he's pretty far back. My phone's are racing. Well, let me ask you this while we're waiting on this. Okay. Um, Denny Hamlin re-signs at Toyota. He says he's going to keep 2311 also with Toyota. Do you think that that's a good thing for him and his – both for him personally and for his racing career for him to stay at JGR for 2311 instead of Toyota? Heather, I think it's it's – it's going to be 50-50. I think it'll bear some fruit. It'll bear some positives because that'll make kind of both those teams naturally merge together a little bit and maybe share a little bit more and help each other along the way uh, in, different, in different fashions. But I also think it's going to be a little bit of a juggling act because we, I mean, we heard just a couple of weeks ago when at Daytona they were like, uh, uh, one of his cars was trying to get in the playoffs, Bubba, and one of the Joe Gibbs cars was trying to get in the playoffs, and it's like, well, they're both right there in front of Denny. Who's he going to push? Well, that, that's a little, you know, that's a conflict of interest, so to speak, and I think you look at it uh, however you want to look at it. Now, not so long ago, we had Dale Earnhardt driving for Richard Childress, and he was pushing two of his cars, Dale Jr. and Michael Waltrip, to the win. Uh, before the fatal moment at Daytona 500, but kind of same thing. I, I think that I, I think that the positives, um, if both sides go into it with an open mind and keep an open mind and keep the communication clean and clear, and I think they will. 
I think the positives will outweigh the negatives at the end of the day. I think the, the, the camaraderie between the teams could help everybody, which means it's going to be seven teams getting, you know, getting better all at one time. And I, th I think that'll, I think that'll outweigh the negatives. I mean, they're, they're grown men. They, they got, they know what the deal is. They've been all through this before. Nobody's a rookie about it. Uh, I think they can deal with it and see. And, and I, I think if, I think if uh, they felt like they couldn't work it out and be, and it be a positive thing, I don't think either side would assign to it. I, I, I think they would have gone their separate ways. Well, from from what I saw at Darlington, I, I I would have to say you know McDowell is he's the first he's the on the very bottom of the floor there and he's uh, the furthest behind and um, you know I don't I don't know that that team will rebound as quickly as the others. Um, I, I'm not going to count out Kevin Harvick. I just don't I don't I, he was he was this close to winning the Southern 500 the other night in, a, in an accident right when he was coming into pits kind of took him out of contention um, I think Bubba's going to be fine I think he's going to run good enough to, to, to hang on for a while I don't know how deep in the playoffs he'll go um, but but I think he's going to hang on I feel that Joey Logano and just the strength of Penske racing and and Logano's experience along with his crew chief and his team I think he's going to step up and I think uh, he might squeeze in the next stage somewhere here, but somewhere along the way, you're, you're going to see him step up and make a fight. I think probably Ricky Stenhouse maybe is he and McDowell are probably the two that's going to have the, the, the steepest hill to climb to get into the next step, the next, the next stage of the playoffs. You mentioned uh, Kevin Harvick and the pits. As a crew chief, I'm assuming that moment is your worst oh. nightmare. Um, uh. You know, how do you decide, I mean, because I heard um, Rodney Childers talking about if you think it's close, you have to go ahead and pit because if you don't, you're giving up first and you're going to the back anyway. So how do you make that decision uh, uh, as a crew chief? I think uh, Rodney is, in my opinion, is one of the best, and he's been through a lot of critical situations there, a lot of tight close you know could be could be uh, fantastic could be disaster and I, I was watching the race at the time watching it and i think they had harvick's in-car camera and, and they said oh he's coming in the pits and i thought to myself at that moment he just won this race this is going to win kevin harvick the race and he's going to be in the next and this is great that he you know i think it would have been great for kevin harvick to win his last southern 500 at darlington and then um uh, you know, the caution came out. Reddick tried to put the brakes on. To, when he saw, he saw what Harvick was doing, so he was trying to get there too. And Ryan Newman was like, "Oh my gosh, where am I going?" Spun out, and and then the caution come out when, you know, Harvick was right there at the front of his bumper was the was the line. So uh, I think that that Rodney probably made the best decision he can make at the time. He just, you know, he didn't he didn't know and see all the things that we 
as spectators saw, and he's waiting, sitting there, and he's thinking, okay, we, we, may just, we may just hit the jackpot here, and it didn't work out for him. But, you know, to think to do that is why they've been champions before and why they win so many races, and that's why I say it, it, the rest of this, do not count him out until, until the points say that he can't go to the next stage. Uh, there's too much experience, too much savvy, uh, too much want to, too much drive in that team and in that driver. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people would love to see him go into the Final Four. And if he does, going to Phoenix, whoo, then you better watch out. Uh, going to Kansas yep. this weekend. Uh, Bubba is the defending winner there at yep. Kansas. Uh, Denny Hamlin won this race the season before, I believe. So it seems like Toyotas are strong because I think last – uh, well, Denny, Denny won in the spring, Bubba won in the fall, Kurt won in the previous spring. That's right. So, um, are we looking at maybe another Toyota show? Well, the, the history you just the history you just talked about, and if you watch Darlington, the Toyotas were very strong at Darlington throughout the race. I think it all comes down to you know Denny Denny dominated Darlington, and then somehow or another they they had a weird vibration or something he thought he had a wheel loose uh whatever went on we don't really know the facts right now i don't think and without those type problems they could be winning a lot of races and not only denny but you know the whole toyota camp could be a, a dominating force but it seems like they shoot themselves in the foot so i think kansas could be a replay of that uh there's really no reason it wouldn't be because they're going back. The Kansas track doesn't change much. It's very hard on tires. The, 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 the times will slow down. The, the grooves will be all over the racetrack. There'll be a lot of them running all the way up against the fence in both turns. And I don't think there's any reason to think that that's not going to happen. So the notes from the past races are probably going to be very useful. So I expect the Toyotas to run good. If a Toyota wins the race, I'm not going to be surprised. It has been a crazy uh, regular season. Now we got the the playoffs set. I don't think anyone had any of these drivers in this order on their bingo card. How <laughs> crazy was this regular season? How surprising is this this playoff sixteen? Yeah, you know, I, I think that we certainly have some of the usual suspects there, but we've seen William Byron have a what I would call a breakout year. I mean, this is a young man that uh, hasn't really been driving stock cars for all of that long a time, uh, but just a phenomenal year. And, and to find himself atop the, the playoff standings as, as we began, I think that's one of the big surprises. And then you see someone like Chris Buescher come along and you know win three of the final five uh, races in the regular season. Michael McDowell getting a win and, and getting his team into the playoffs. And uh, Kevin Harvick and Brad Keselowski, two veterans, and, and of course Harvick's last year battling their way in on points. So it's been fun to watch. But, you know, this is going to come down now that we're going to be talking as much and as good as those stories are, along with Bubba Wallace making uh, the playoffs for the first time. Those are all great things. What are they going to do now that that everybody's getting ready to step their game up? And, and so I think that we're going to see, you know, Byron's going to be there. Uh, Danny Hamlin's going to be a part of it. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. is certainly poised and ready to do that uh, and, and be a part of that. And, and, of course, Kyle Larson is uh, always ready and and – 
probably when you you look at things and and talk about drivers that can drive anything and win anywhere, uh, he is one of those. So uh, they're ready and and. You know, you see and you know what you've done against them during the regular season, but these are the playoffs, and that's when the big drivers step up. How crazy is it, and could you even have imagined at the beginning of the year that there would only be two of the four Hendrick cars in the postseason? Yeah, that is something I, I would have to say that's kind of the story of the year. Uh, we talk about the drivers that have gotten in and are in their first playoffs maybe, but the, the biggest thing is we look at this and, and think that, the, the two biggest sponsors, really, that are at Hendrick Motorsports uh, aren't a part of the playoffs. And, of course, there were circumstances that that led to this a lot, uh, but they still had, you know, with with Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman, they had ample opportunities to, to you know, point their way in uh, with better uh, finishes uh, or, you know, go get a win, but they just weren't able to uh, perform at the highest level. And, and the competition is just so strong now that uh, you see things like this happening. Uh, it, it's unfortunate for them. It, the good thing is, is they still have 10 races to to go and, and try to win. And, uh, you know, when you have big sponsors like that, uh, you want to be able to perform at the end. Uh, last year, there were so many different winners, like just it was insane. Everybody talked about how the next gen car was kind of doing its thing and make, even in the playing field, not as many winners this year, but I feel like a more diverse playoff. So is the next gen still doing what what we wanted it to do as far as leveling the playing field? I really believe that it is. Uh, yes. I mean, I think, you know, last year was such a surprise to so many drivers. I mean, you take Martin Truex Jr. I think he's the the one that you kind of look at that, you know, he was accustomed to driving a car uh, for so many years that was so completely different than what this next gen car was. And, you know, adapting to that was difficult. And and on the side of that, too, that times that they were in a position to possibly get a win, uh, they made a mistake. So you, you have to be mistake free if you're going to perform at the highest level when others are winning but i think that the car is still doing exactly what nascar hoped it would do uh to, to level the playing field a lot and, and when you see uh someone like michael mcdowell win at, at the indy road course and and you see bubba wallace uh, put himself in position as much as he had you still have ross chastain and, and there were a lot of others just outside title Ty Gibbs had a phenomenal year, just wasn't able to get in there. And I think a lot of that has to do uh, with this next-gen car. So I like what I've seen from it uh, as far as the competitive side of it. And and then you go to the safety side of it. So much was done over the winter with it that you appreciate uh, when you see accidents like uh, what Ryan Priest and and Ryan Blaney went through at Daytona uh, and able to to pretty much walk away from that and and ready to compete again. Uh, The the tracks inside the playoffs a lot of drivers i've heard say oh these are some of my best tracks it seems like nascar's done a really good job of picking the the tracks in the playoffs and also giving us a little bit of a wild card at the elimination races bristol the roval martinsville i mean those are three they're not talladega so it's not like anything goes but there's still three crazy tracks do you like the way the playoff schedule is is uh formatted right now yeah, I, I love it uh, because I get to talk about it. And from the outside, I don't know how much I would like it if I were competing as a driver uh, with those. You, you talk about just the elimination races in itself. When you, and you know, we'll start in the first round. At, when you go to Bristol and know that you have to perform at a high level, either trying to get a win or uh, just trying to stay out of trouble to where you can gather enough points and, and not take yourself out of the playoffs there. Uh, it's just so hard to do. And so, uh, you know, I appreciate 
the people that make the schedule uh, and, and that they have, I don't know if it's a sense of humor that they have or just uh, trying to find and make things most difficult they possibly can for these drivers and teams. But I think it lines up really well. And, and the first round in itself, you just look at how different the three tracks are. And, and you take you talk about having Darlington and Bristol in there. You throw in the middle of that Kansas, which is one of the most competitive and difficult tracks uh, on the schedule now. Uh, you know, the first round is difficult to navigate navigate your way through. And, and I would not be surprised if we see someone uh, have trouble in there that we're expecting maybe to move through round one and two. Uh, and and maybe uh, maybe they don't make it through this first round just because of the difficulty of the tracks. Uh, do you think that there's any, I mean, I, I guess so much of the emphasis at the end of the year has been on the Toyotas and specifically Joe Gibbs, how well they've been running. But is there a team or a, or a manufacturer that might surprise some people in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, for the longest time this year, the, the Fords just were not performing at a high level. And I, I think there's been a lot of uh, changes made uh, in the Ford camp to where we're seeing the the possibility of, of Ford uh, having some drivers to, to navigate through. I mean, Joey Logano, I don't care what you put him in, uh, you know, he woke up. Monday morning uh, and said, all right, playoffs are starting. I'm ready to start performing at the highest level. You know, you're going to have to, to deal with Joey Logano. Uh, Ryan Blaney um, is another that you're going to have to look at. Now you throw in Chris Buescher, uh with, with the things that he's been able to do. And I'm not so sure that Brad Keselowski is not going to get his first win in a couple of years uh, here during the, the playoffs. And if that could come early and, and help him get through, because he doesn't have a lot of playoff points to help him navigate if he should have any problems problem but uh, uh i think ford is going to surprise some people here uh i think that you know when we look at it i think we it would be easy to say that the championship four could be comprised of joe gibbs racing and hendrick motorsports uh with denny hamlin and martin truex jr kyle larson and william byron it would be easy to make them the the, the favorites and to to be there but I, I would not put out uh that a kevin harvick can't can't move his way through as he's in his last season uh but but certainly uh Lagano and Blaney uh, in their Fords along with Chris Buescher. So for my final thought, let's talk about this playoff field. Whew, I don't know. How do you handicap this field? Obviously, Larson's on to the next round, so he's a, he's a strong competitor. Chris Buescher was probably the hottest driver heading into the playoffs. He still looks like he's in pretty good form. Truex won the net regular season championship. William Byron had the most wins. Denny Hamlin's been whew, really, really consistent. And that's kind of scary because we all know he can win races, but when he's not making mistakes and balancing those those wins with 20th place finishes because we spent on pit road, that is a dangerous Denny Hamlin. So, you know, I would like to say going into this that William Byron is probably the favorite. But, I mean, I wouldn't bet, like, copious amounts of money on it because there's just too many guys. I mean, Joey Logano, the defending champ, nobody's talking about Joey Logano. And he won this thing last year. So, I think it's going to be a really fun playoff. It's going to be a really interesting playoff. And uh, we'll have to see what happens.